Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. And I believe that's the word of God for someone here today. It doesn't matter what the doctors have said. It doesn't matter what the, uh, sir, is it prognosis they call it? It doesn't matter what the prognosis or diagnosis or cognosis or whatever gnosis it is. The Lord is saying that because you are here today, you will see the end of this year. Hallelujah. That because you are here today, the year 2019 will not consume you. Amen. That because you are here today, you will yet celebrate. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, I will yet celebrate. Will yet celebrate. And you will be celebrated in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, verses 1 to 17. Verses 1 to 17. Acts 12, 1 to 17. I'm going to just... Uh, okay, Acts 12, 1 to 17. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews... He proceeded further to take Peter also. Then was the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Verse 5. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night, tell somebody the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, tell somebody behold, and behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Guard yourself, bind on, thy si I mean, bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him. And wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and second world, they came unto the iron gate that leaded unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. I'm going to stop there. But like I said, my passage is from verse 1. To verse 17. So I just stopped at verse 10. We know this story very well. The topic of our discussion this morning is reversing the irreversible. Doing what? Our God is a God that reverses the irreversible. Because what is irreversible is only irreversible with men. But with God, it is not irreversible. Because our God is, our, is a God of times and chance. He's a God that determines when things come to be. 
The Bible says to everything there is a time and a season to all things underneath the sun. Or the other way around. There's a season and a time to all things underneath the sun. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. It is God that determines the time and the season. And for someone here today, your time has come. I say your time has come. Because that which is humanly irreversible, God will reverse for you in Jesus' name. In the passage that we read, brethren, the Bible says James was dead. James was what? He has completed his own journey. He didn't die a natural death. James was killed by Herod, by King Herod. And for those of us who may not be aware, the last we heard of the descendants of Esau was when we heard of this Herod, in, I mean, of Herod in the book of Acts. That was the last we heard about them. Remember when the Bible says the, 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 the blessing that Jacob received, he was given everything available. When Esau came, it was too late for him. And his father said, well, you will serve your brother. He said, but when you break through, you will prevail. And the Bible says he saw hated his brother from that day onwards. And Bible scholars make us to understand that the last of any descendants of Esau that was mentioned in the scriptures was this lineage, the lineage of this king here. He prevailed, but he prevailed wrongly. They were noted, they were noted for their wickedness. And that was the end, that was the last we heard of them. But up till today, and until Christ comes, the descendants of Jacob are still alive. True or false? That's why the Bible says, forever, O Lord. Thy word is what? Thy word is settled. And I declare to someone here today, God's word concerning you is settled. God's word concerning you, no man can interfere with. No man can change. It shall come to pass in Jesus' name. The king, so this Herod was a blood testy man. He was testy for the blood of the Jews. And unfortunately, testimony unfortunately, some Jews were happy about it. Do you know that still happens today? When we see oppression, when we see Bloodshed that is unwarranted, as if there's any time it is warranted. When we see men being killed for no just reason, some people are silently happy for what is going on. That's why the Bible says, A man's foes are what? A man's foes are what? The members of his own household. Herod was cleaning, killing the Jews, killing the leaders of the Jews. And some other Jews were happy about it. No wonder the songwriter says, there is not a friend. Like what? There is not a friend like Jesus. There is no friend nearer unto you than Jesus. He's the only one that cannot deny you. He's the only one that will not deny you. So Herod went ahead and arrested Peter and put him in prison. And he made sure that Peter would not escape. Peter was an unarmed fisherman. 
The only power that Peter had was the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the Bible says Peter was surrounded by four groups of soldiers. And so there was an inevitability. There was a sign of inevitability around Peter. There was nothing that could be done. In fact, the Bible says Peter so much gave up that he did what? He slept. The Bible doesn't say Peter was praying. Was Peter praying? Peter was sleeping. Soundly asleep. Even in his sleep, they didn't leave him alone. The Bible says he was asleep between two soldiers. Because they knew that the God that Peter served was a God that could do the impossible. They knew the God of Peter could intervene at any point in time. They wanted to make sure that the God of Peter would not intervene. Did he intervene or not? Did he intervene or not? Could they stop his intervention? Because he is a God that reverses the irreversible. But his intervention was not without some men being at their duty post. Because the Bible says, Peter was in prison. But prayer was made for him how often? What does the Bible say about the prayers that was made for him? Look at verse 5. Or that Acts chapter 12. Verse 5. How often was he being prayed for? Without ceasing. Continuously. So when the Bible says pray without ceasing, the Bible is telling us what we will do that will reverse the irreversible. Whatever the doctor has said is irreversible in your life, God himself will reverse today in Jesus' name. Whatever man have declared as irreversible in your life, God himself will reverse today in Jesus' name. Prayer was being made for him continuously. A man of God was sharing something with us uh, in the prayer room during this last convention. A sister, this was in the U.S. She was in the country illegally. She had uh, gone through all the rounds of applying for stay, of applying for green card, all to no avail. And so they had told her to leave the country or she would be deported. And then all of a sudden, tell someone all of a sudden, there was a law that came into place for six months. For how many months? And they said that law will be allowed to be in place for six months after which it will cease to operate. That was the window that that sister needed. Within six months, not only did she apply for a green card, I think that's what they call it over there, she got it, and she became a permanent resident of that country. That is one. I've shared a story with us here before of a particular brother who was in UK, whom they told, you have to leave the country. In his own case, not only was he told you have to leave the country, he was arrested and put in immigration detention prior to his being deported. But his brother did one thing. While in that detention, he kept preaching the word. He kept doing what? 
You know one, one thing about some of us? If God will set you free today, what will you do for him? Can you ask your neighbor, if God will set you free today, ask your neighbor, don't be afraid. If God will set you free today, are you asking your neighbor? See, if God will set you free today, what will you do for him? You may tell yourself that I am not in prison. There are so many areas that you need God to intervene. And God is just asking you, if I intervene, what will you do for me? This brother was in immigration detention, but he was preaching the word. And they started making fun of him. Pastor, what we need to do is to be released from this detention and do what? Go back to, into life in Britain. But they gave them dates that they were going to be deported. He kept on doing what? Preaching the word. And they went into the plane. He kept on doing what? Preaching the word. And so the people in that plane were all going to Africa. And they, he was going to Nigeria. And they went to every other country. And then they landed in Nigeria. And just as they landed in Nigeria, that it was time for them to go out of the plane. They called him. Every other person that was deported with him was fully deported. They called him, the immigration guys, and said they wanted to have a discussion with him. Right there in the, he was already at Muritala Mohammed International Airport in God's own country. Just ready to walk out of the plane into life, real life. You know that over there we have what you call real life. It's tougher than the, uh, the, the enjoyment we have here. And then they stopped him and they called their home office. We don't know what was discussed. But there and then they made up their mind that they were taking him back to London. Not only did they take him back to London, when, they, when he got to London, his papers were ready for him and they gave him official accommodation. I ask you this question again. If God will set you free, what will you do for him? Many of us are praying for God's intervention. You know, like, like that passage, I mean, the reference that the Jew made in Open Heavens today. That lady that kept saying, oh God, use me. Oh God, use me. She was praying day and night, God, do what? Use me. And then one day, she went to the washroom. She wanted to ease herself. And the washroom was filthy. And she went into all available uh, uh, rooms or whatever you call it. Toilets, right? They were all filthy. And as she was going out, irritated, that what's all this? The Lord spoke to her. Said, but you came to ease yourself. What happened? He said, the whole place is dirty. And the Lord said, that is why I have not used you. You have been crying for me all this while to do what? To use you. But I cannot use you because you are filthy. And the Lord is saying unto you today, you are crying unto me to use you. But you are not usable. Not because he does not want to use you. But because you are one of those that says, we are in a season of grace. And grace is for all manner of sin. 
Because you are one of those that say, it doesn't matter how I dress. Even if I make men to fall, it is their fault. They should close their eyes when they see me. You are one of those that say, well, my Christianity is of the heart. It doesn't matter what I present, even if I make others to fall. And God is saying unto you today, repent. Tell somebody, repent. As if you mean to say, repent. The intention was to kill Peter immediately after the Passover. But the Bible says, the night before he was to be executed, God intervened. Do you realize that God is never too late? Do you realize that? God is never too late. Neither is he ever too early. God is the original just-in-time technology. Is that not so? That is our God. His time, his timeliness is impeccable. He comes right on time. The night that Peter was going to be executed in the morning, the church was still praying. Prayers were still being made continuously for him. It was that night that God intervened. And I have an assurance for someone here today. God will intervene. Amen. Tell somebody God will intervene. God will intervene. It may look impossible, but God will intervene. Do you realize that that was exactly what happened in the case of Esther, Mordecai, and the Jews? In the book of Esther chapter 5, Esther chapter 5, verse 14, we know this story. Haman, the man that hated the Jews, got to know that Mordecai, the man that was always sitting at the gate, was a Jew. And he said, I'm going to make him an example. But I will not stop with him alone. I will make sure all the Jews in my province are wiped out. And look at the advice he was given in verse 14. His wife and all his friends said, Let a gallows be made of 50 cubits high. And tomorrow speak unto the king that Mordecai may be hanged thereon. Then go merrily with the king unto the banquet. And the thing pleased Haman. And they caused the gallows to be made. Overnight, they made a gallows for Mordecai. But that same night, tell somebody that same night, God ensured that the king would not sleep. God ensured that the king could not sleep. And the book of remembrance was brought before the king. And he saw that Mordecai had saved his life before. And the king had prepared that Mordecai must be honored. The same Mordecai that Haman wanted to put on his gallows. The timing of God is impeccable. When Haman was coming to tell the king, destroy Mordecai. I have made a gallows for him. The king was ready to say, Haman, how do I honor Mordecai? Isn't it wonderful? God is never too late. The night before Mordecai was to be hanged on the gallows, God intervened on his behalf. Brethren, it's never too late with our God. 
The only thing that is essential is you must be counted among his own. You must be what? Count. If you are counted among his own, he will come through for you. You know that song that the choir normally sings? He will do it again, right? He will do it again. God will do it again. He'll do it again. Just take a look. What you are now. Where you have been. Has it always come true for you? He's the same as you was then. Don't you know God, God has not finished? You may not know when. You may not know when. You'll do it again. You may not know how. You may not know when. But he will do it again. I say he will do it again. He has done it before. The Bible says there is no new thing under the sun. It's only God that can do something new. And he will do something new for you in Jesus' name. In Esther chapter 6, verse 10. The king told Haman, Just as you have proposed that the person the king desires to honor will be honored, Make haste. Do as you have spoken. But even though Mordecai thought it was for him. I mean, Haman thought it was for him. He said, no, do so for Mordecai. Now look at that same Esther chapter 6. Verse 13. Verse 13. Haman told his wife and all his friends everything that had befallen him. Then said his wise men and Zeresh his wife unto him, If Mordecai be of the seed of the Jews, before whom thou hast begun to fall, thou shalt not prevail against him, but shalt surely fall before him. That was Mordecai because he was a Jew. How much more you and I, who are what? Children of the living God. Children of the living God. The night that Peter was going to be killed, God intervened. The night that before the day Mordecai was going to be hanged, God intervened. When the story had ended, Haman ended up where? On the gallows that he made for Mordecai. God is still operating on this 24 hours miracle. And you receive your, your own today in Jesus' name. But take note that before God intervened on behalf of Mordecai and the Jews, in Esther chapter 4 verse 16, Esther chapter 4 verse 16, Esther said, go, gather all the Jews that are present in Shushan. Fast for me, neither eat nor drink. How many days? Three days, night or day. I am a maiden who fast likewise. And so will I go unto the king, which is not according to the law. If I perish, I per did she perish? They set apart three days to wait upon the Lord. They set apart three days to seek the face of God. God came true for the Jews. God will come true for you. I say God will come true for you. It happened 
on the night that Daniel spent in the lion's den. You remember that story? The people that were against Daniel wanted something against, I mean, to, to raise up against him, but they had nothing. Except they said, if we go by the laws of his God, they, they prevailed on the king to make a decree in Daniel chapter 6. Make a decree that nobody will pray to any other God except you. The king did not know their intention. He thought they loved him. And brethren, no praise singer loves you. Tell your neighbor, no praise singer loves you. You know what I mean, a praise singer? People that will come unto you and say you are the best thing to happen to mankind. People that will come unto you and say, without you, the world will end. People that will come to you and say, oh, from the time I met you, in fact, it's like meeting God. You better drive them away. They want to turn your, you against God. It was this type, remember the song that the children of Israel were singing concerning David? When they came back from slaying Goliath, the Bible says, the woman said, oh, David has slain his what? His ten thousands. Saul has slain his thousands. And that envy arose in Saul. And he was prepared to kill David. Not because of what David did, but because of the song that he had concerning David. The praise singers came to the king and said, Oh, king, live forever. Men should worship you for a number of days. The king did not think about it until he realized that it was a plot against Daniel. The Bible says the king wanted to reverse the decree, but it was against the law of the, of the, of the land. Once a king signs a decree, it is irreversible. And so the Bible says, when Daniel knew the writing was signed, in verse 10, Daniel 6 verse 10, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber towards Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Daniel was always praying, either in good times or in bad times. When the challenges of the king came, he didn't change his routine. And then the Bible says the king commanded in verse 16, and they brought Daniel and they cast him into the, into the lion's den. But the king was not happy. And he said unto Daniel, Your God, testimony, your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver thee. I pray for someone here today, God will deliver you. I said, God will deliver you. The king put a caveat there. He said, the God whom you serve, how? How? Not the God you serve on Sundays. Not the God you serve at the convention ground. The God you serve continually. He said, he will deliver thee. And you know what? The Bible says the king went home and he fasted all through the night. Isn't that wonderful? He, he was one that issued the decree. It was his decree that was broken. But he realized that there was something about the God of Daniel, which was different from every other person. And that God of Daniel is your God. 
oh, I don't know about you, but the God of Daniel is my God. The king went home and the Bible says he fasted all night. Verse 18. Neither were instruments of music brought before him. And his sleep did what? His sleep went from him. No sleep. Look at what he did in verse 19. Very early in the morning, the Bible says, the king went in haste to the lion's den. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. Because he thought maybe he's dead. But still, I will try. A lamentable voice. And he said, oh Daniel, servant of the living God. I mean, how can God allow such a man to die? A man that even the enemies of God recognize him as what? The servant of what? Of which type of God? The living God. The living God. Remember what I said about that man that they wanted to, that they wanted to deport. In every situation, he was preaching the gospel. The easiest, uh, uh, how do I put it now? The easiest way to touch the heart of God is to do what? Preach the gospel. Very easy. Preach the gospel. And God will answer you. I say God will answer you. The king who did not know the God of Daniel came and said, Servant of the living God is your God whom thou servest how? Continually. Able to deliver thee from the lions. The king was surprised when he heard the voice of Daniel. And Daniel said, My God has sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. In other words, God can reverse the irreversible by doing what? Shutting the lion's mouth. What else was left for Daniel but to die in the lion's den? Is that not so? Was there another expectation for him? Was he going to live in any way? No. But God intervened. God will intervene for you. I say God will intervene for you. I say God will intervene for you. We know the rest of the story. By the time lion, I mean uh, Daniel came out, the, Jew, the, 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 the lions had been hungry for at least 24 hours exactly. The lions had been fasting with the king. Yes, the king fasted all through the night. And the lion said, Oh king, you are our owner. We are also going to do what? We will fast with you. But in the morning, we will do what? We will break our fast. And this man you have thrown to come and fellowship with us. There is fire around him. Please take him away as fast as possible. And give us food. And you know what the food was? All the people that ganged up against Daniel. The Bible said before they got to the bottom of the pit, what happened? The lions had, lions had been fasting. Our God that reverses the irreversible. Daniel did not cease to pray. And God answered him. And God heard his prayers. What of King Nebuchadnezzar? We are talking about what happened the night before. What about King Nebuchadnezzar? The Bible says Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. In Daniel chapter 2. 
When he woke up, he had forgotten his dream. And then he called all the wise men, among, among whom were Daniel and his friends. Give me an interpretation. In fact, I've forgotten the dream. Tell me the dream and do what? Tell me the dream and interpret. And they said, how can you ask us to tell you your dream? That's not possible. Say you are all liars. You want me to tell you the dream and you will give me your own interpretation. If you don't know the dream, you will all die. And then Daniel heard about it. And the Bible says, when Daniel heard about the father, there was, there was now a judgment of death upon his head. He sent a message to the king. That he will give him time. In verse 16. Daniel desired of the king that he will give him time. And that he will show the king the interpretation. And as usual, Daniel went to his house. And he prayed. With his, with his brethren, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And the Bible says they desired the mercies of God, of, of the God of heaven, concerning this secret. And what happened? In verse 19, the secret was revealed unto Daniel in what? In a night vision. There was a sentence of death upon the head of Daniel. But at night, God came through. God gave him the revelation of the dream. When morning came, the story was different. This is the last day of the month of June. As we go into the month of July, somebody's story here will be different. Amen. I said somebody's story here will be different. Amen. The revelation you need that you may be established for the rest of the year, receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says, in verse 28, he said, There is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the later days. Thy dream, the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. And so Daniel interpreted it. Now look at verse 48. The whole of Daniel chapter 2 is devoted to that. Look at verse 48. The king made Daniel a great man. Tell somebody, great man. You want to be great? Go to God. Because the heart of kings and princes are in whose hands? If God does not make you great, your boss cannot make you great. Do you know that? If God does not make you great, nobody can make you great. But if God chooses to make you great, nobody can stand on his path. Somebody said, it, you, you want to commit suicide if you go and stand in front of a high-speed train that is moving. Is that not so? Because the train would rather kill one person than, than be derailed and kill all the people in the train. And do you know that even the devil does not want to die? Do you realize that? The king made Daniel a great man and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon. This was the man they were about to do what? To kill. It's only our God that can do this. Reverse the irreversible. Transform a man from the point that he will be killed to the point that he becomes the ruler over the land. Tell somebody that is God. 
He's the one that reverses the irreversible. And I have a word for someone here today. Today, God will reverse the irreversible in your situation. I said today, God will reverse that irreversible in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is. Is it a sickness? Is it an ailment? Is it a lack? Give God the opportunity to do a miracle in your situation. Don't go, don't go for a shortcut. Because if you go for a shortcut, you cannot come back and say, I mean, this is what God did. When you know that you interfered with what God wanted to do.